0: welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity Life. Just like XY Advisor, Integrity isn't afraid to ask the hard questions. Like, why does quoting life insurance have to be so darn complicated? Why can't you just do it all online? Why can't underwriting be more consistent? And why can't claiming be just that little bit easier? To find out how Integrity is doing all these things differently and more, head to integritylife.com.au forward slash XY. how's it going what do you know strike a light i'm here with john from the smsfa mate thank you for joining us my pleasure great to be here yeah of course um so one of the first questions i was thinking about asking you was why what, when did the name change occur and why did the name change occur with with the smsfa now now that it's known as
1: yeah, um, very good question. And it occurred before I arrived here. So I've been here just over three years. Right. I think it was sort of four or five years ago. So not long before I arrived. Yes. And it was um, a deliberate decision by the uh, the board when they were adopting a new strategy that says um, we have uh, throughout existence represented the whole SMSF sector. But we've done that primarily through focusing on the professionals that are in, in, involved in that sector, the financial planners, the accountants, the lawyers, the auditors, the actuaries, and they've got hundreds of thousands of clients that have self-managed super funds. But the board decided to be a, a stronger way of expressing the voice on behalf of the whole sector to say, look, we do represent the sector, not just the professionals. So at that stage, it um, uh, removed professionals from name, became the SMSF Association. And one of the added benefits was that removed the uh, reference, the, acronym from spa because we used to get people ringing up saying can you recommend a good spa bar i don't know whether they'd heard about some of our early conferences well before my time but uh, no we're no longer confused with the spa association
0: (laughs) yes you get a lot of people looking for a luxurious weekend i'm here for the spa association that's hilarious um okay cool yeah because it actually someone brought it up the other day that mentioned the spa and i said Oh, that's the old name for the SMSFA, isn't it? And uh, so, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Now, if I look across your uh, board, you've got Tracy, Liam Short, Mark Houlihan, yourself. I mean, these are the these are only really the people that I'm aware of, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that there's others. I mean, they're they're some of the most uh, well respected, experienced, highly valuable uh, people in the in advice. Yep. So, how, I'm, I'm keen to hear what sort of an effect that has on your association when you have people like that in the room making decisions. Well,
1: there's a number of uh, impacts. One is uh, it means we, we can really plug into what our members are thinking because we've got practitioners on, on the board. Uh, but we also have a, uh, a group of non-practitioners that are, are uh, there uh, wearing their director hats. They, they're there from a governance background. They bring, Uh, Different skills and and capabilities, and so we have a good mixture of the board. The board takes it very seriously with a nominations committee of looking at how do we keep up that skill mixture and make sure we've got a good succession plan. Uh, So we did change chairs uh, around this time last year when our former chair, Professor Deborah Ralston, who's a very highly regarded academic and and um were well regarded on reserve bank payment system board and yeah. other boards when the treasurer personally contacted her and said would she like to be a member of the retirement income review panel so when you lose your chair to higher calling of helping australia plan for its next few decades of uh, retirement income policy uh, you can feel yes the board's doing a good job of uh, getting high caliber people on the board whether they're practitioners or whether they are experts in their own field that brings together a mix of skills for the whole board.
0: Yeah. And, um, and does it make your job easy knowing that, or easier knowing that you've got these people around to help make decisions? Uh,
1: I, it's certainly a better result. I, (laughs) I won't necessarily say I can't (laughs) sort of uh, lay back and say the board's so good. I can, (laughs) I can just sort of uh, let let them meet. So once every month or two and uh, the rest of things go smoothly. So we've, We've just uh, sent up the latest uh, fairly substantial board, pack to them yesterday. We try to get it under 100 pages. We filed dismally yesterday. It's over 200 pages, including Whoa. financial statements, budgets, policy matters, operational matters, planning for our next conference. And uh, they will diligently go through and look at uh, all that material and we'll have a really good discussion on the screen next week. And uh, we always get good discussions, good guidance. Uh, and it, it really is a, uh, a very productive and... Uh, engaging part of of my role is that interacting with the board and helping to uh, use them as a sounding board uh, to pick the brains individually and collectively so that we can both choose the best path forward strategy and then uh, call on their help to execute things where it's um, uh, crucial that we need to bring everyone along and they've got all their connections in the corporate world in the financial advisor space and the accounting world. And uh, a lot of what we do is is working with partners and having them as a core of helping us reach out to the, the rest of the, of the world, particularly being based in Adelaide. There aren't as many connections here as if we were based somewhere else, but the history is we, we grew up as an Adelaide National Association. We're still an Adelaide-based National Association, and uh, usually I'd be on or off planes travelling to Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne, but I can do Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne in one day, uh, courtesy <laughs> of the street. So uh, uh, we're, we're actually finding uh, uh, there's probably more opportunities gained than problems created in the short term we don't we don't want to lose face to face forever but uh, i think we'll look back this year and say we learned so much this year about how to engage with our members and the world virtually and the board's been very very supportive with that
0: awesome yeah look we're in the exact same position you know um even though we're "Quote unquote," a little bit younger, not really at this stage, but uh you know, it, people often ex- expect us to be s- like, w- you know, far ahead of the adoption curve. Now, we have been using Zoom for about four or five years, but I tell you, we've only just now started doing our weekly meetings digitally, or I should say, due to COVID, right? Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, it, it's taken us a long time. So we're in the same boat as everyone else. I. Th- I it is a matter of high, like great for efficiencies to do meetings digitally. And, and as I noticed, you know, it's always that worst case scenario. If you uh, if your meeting gets stood up and the person forgets to come when you're doing a digital meeting, it doesn't matter. Like uh, someone didn't come to a meeting the other day. I was like, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's fine. Like I didn't actually slow down. I was just in front of my computer the whole time. So it sort of removes the risk of taking a meeting as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, yep. Here's a question just regarding tax accountants, because obviously tax accountants do a lot of SMSF work, and they've got their um, they've got their ability to you know their their accountant cutout that that allows them to do a certain amount of advice, right? Yeah, is that something that the SMSFA gets involved in in trying to say actually we'd like to tidy this little loophole up? Or is it something that uh, you're glad exists? So I'm kind of interested from from your point of view, do you see um, accountants getting involved in, you know, it's not quite advice to call it that, but at least, you know, the ability to recommend an SMSF, like, do you see that as a positive thing or a negative thing And what, what's your stance and what's the, what's the association stance?
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting history. Again, uh, that, that limited license for accountants was set up before I arrived, but, uh, I've certainly had reason to explore the history. And so up until about 2016, there was an exemption. So every accountant could go and sort of help people set up self-managed super funds without having to have any sort of license. And then the the rules changed. And so you had to at least have a limited license um, uh, under an AFSL so that you were uh, uh, allowed to do so. And we supported the creation of that. And we had expected there would be a a much larger growth and usage of that limited license than turned out to be. Um, but since then, we've had the whole creation of the uh, FASEA uh, requirements and they apply fully to accountants that are working on a limited license compared to a financial planner. Oh. So even though you might only be helping people set up a self-managed super fund and helping them start pensions and make contributions, you have to go and make sure you've met all the educational requirements, you have to sit the exam, you have to do all the CPD, which we say, look, that's not really recognising the fact that those with limited licences are not allowed to do all those things. So why do you force them to do basic training and continuing training when the law doesn't let them give advice in any of those areas? And I think what has come about is they've built the FASI requirements and totally ignored the limited licence for accountants when they did so. And so you've got a real mismatch. So we've now reached the conclusion that the limited licence framework uh, hasn't worked. It's broken uh, we, we should transition away from that to something else. And we are working with the three accounting bodies and the FBA to come up with a better model that would replace what we've got at the moment, including replacing limited licenses for accountants with something else.
0: Interesting. And does that mean running? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I already know the answer before I ask it if I look at the trends, but uh, is that running further to compliance or is that running away from compliance?
1: Well, I'd answer that by saying the way we describe what we're doing is trying to come up with a more consumer-centric framework for the regulation of financial advice. Yes. So compliance will be a necessary part of it. Yes. But first and foremost, it should be what is going to better meet the needs of clients, whoever they are. Yes. And some of those clients want to talk to an accountant about a self-managed super fund. That should be part of the answer. And yes, you will need some compliance wrapped around that. But compliance should come well after the event of, let's design something that's fit for purpose for the customer. And a lot of the compliance at the moment well, is about risk management for the licensees, ignoring the customer.
0: <laughs> Mate, what is this client centricity you're talking about? Uh, that's hilarious. That's a, I mean, that's such a great point. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Do you, do you often get to include yourself or does the SMSFA often get asked to be included in changes and in rules and regulations. Like are you, are, is you and your team, or I should say, are you and your team on the, on the outer uh, of the accounting bodies, or do they accept you in and, and consider what you have to say as an equal, or are you seen as sort of a, a bit of a distant cousin? Like what's, how does it all work?
1: Well, we we're, we're different. We're not the same as another accounting body. There's three major accounting bodies in Australia. Um, We have good relations with with all three of them. We have regular conversations at the working level and at the uh, more senior levels. Um, We have been working very much in this project with them and the Financial Planning Association because it's such an important issue for all five of the bodies and and other bodies. Uh, It just happened that the uh, circumstances that led to that group of five associations getting together um, meant it was five groups. There could have been more. Couldn't really have had less. We could have had more and over time it will sort of broaden out. But uh, working very closely there, we have a formal memorandum of understanding with the Institute of Public Accountants as we do with the Financial Planning Association. Uh, We have those with other organisations as well where it makes sense we have enough sort of shared uh, goals and are wanting to work together. Um, But our general approach is collaborate with everybody that uh, shares enough interest as long as there's a, a cultural fit. And even if there isn't, you'll still sort of have dialogues. Uh, you know, we talked to a lot of groups that are perhaps not supportive of self-managed super funds to uh, try to help them understand um, so that hopefully if they are making negative comments about our sector, they're doing it from an informed basis, not misinformed, which sometimes happens. And also so that, you know, we if we want to have a you know, private conversation, even if there's a big fight going on in the public arena, which, yeah, sometimes happens. Absolutely. Um, I think there was... Uh, some uh, last year with groups calling, there's got to be an inquiry into the self-managed super sector. They didn't, they got carved out of the Royal Commission. They should be, we we're saying, well, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we we try to have you know good connections and communication with all groups that have an interest in superannuation, financial advice, uh, whether they're the industry side, whether they're policy makers, government, opposition, crossbenchers. So one of the things I did this week was write-off to to um, policymakers, including those I mentioned there, and Senators, because there's a bill before the Senate at the moment about increasing the maximum number of members in a self-managed super fund from four to six. So we would like to see that go through. There's a Senate yeah, committee absolutely. inquiring into it. The deadline for submissions is tomorrow. We'll, we'll send them in a submission tomorrow that states the case, while well, we think that's a good move, and we know not everyone's going to support it. It's, uh, the government tried to get it through before the election last time, uh, they weren't able to get full support for it in the Senate, so it's sort of dropped onto the back burner. But we're hoping something like that should be non-controversial. Most self-managed super funds are one or two people. Mm. We don't think there'll be a big rush for setting up five or six people, but I've got an Irish Catholic sort of background. I'm sure some of my uh, friends from school have still got the larger families. <laughs> and you don't want to leave, if you've got three or four children, you don't want to leave one or two of them out and, and say... You can't be in the family. You've got to go and do something
0: separate yourself. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. the the I mean, the big thing that's topical at the moment with self-managed super is, um, is Dixon advisory. Now, interestingly, mm-hmm. many moons ago, I actually worked yeah. as a, as a, as a uh, financial analyst there. I mean, a paraplanner, basically. Yeah. I mean, there's always, there's always these things that happen and, and I guess ASIC learns about it after the fact. And then, I mean, everyone, it's, it's, it's obvious that everyone can sit here now and, and ASIC's the one that's drawing attention to this and say, oh, right, if, if, you, create a, if you create a company that sells uh, self-managed super funds plus sells the investments inside the self-managed super funds, you're essentially yeah. creating a vertical, uh, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's, an, it's insular, it's a lot smaller, yeah. it's not a, you know, a massive AMP, but essentially you're creating a, a vertical uh, uh, situation. Do you think off the back of something like that, we'll start to see uh, the diminishment of um, SMSF providing capabilities with uh, investment providing capabilities?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just make it very clear in regards to Dixon's. Uh, we have a policy of not commenting on any issues that are before the courts. That is Great. before the courts. So I'll just leave that aside. Uh, sure. we'll, we'll certainly watch with interest as to what happens. But um, yep. The general question of uh, vertical integration, I think it's an important one. The Royal Commission had a close look at it. Uh, They raised a number of concerns uh, and they are being dealt with by the marketplace. Uh, They decided there wasn't need to actually recommend to the government that vertical integration should be banned or restricted. It was focused on, look, you can deliver sort of on a best interest basis through a vertical integrated structure, but a lot of times that may not happen based on the evidence they saw. Um, so we think that's the right way of going about it, that that the focus should be on what's best for the customer. And, you know, I bought a new car a few times in my life. Each time I've sort of gone to a, a car dealer that sold those sort of cars. Yes. I did not expect the Holden car dealer to sell me a Ford or the <laughs> VW one to sell me a, a Range Rover, though now I think they've actually got some emerging <laughs> rents. Maybe yes. they would. Um, but I knew that very clearly and similarly... Yes. Um, when people went to A&P many years ago, they knew if you went to talk to someone from A&P, you were going to be sold an A&P policy if that was what was recommended and you accepted the recommendation. There was no surprise about that. Yes. And similarly now, and it's not just retail funds, uh, most of the large industry funds, uh, uh, employee uh, financial advisors or contract them will have in-house advice and they provide advice. They would encourage people at retirement to keep their money in that fund and go into a retirement product. That's that's another form of vertical integration and I think that's a valid proposition. I think as long as it, the disclosure is good, um, anyone providing advice is acting um, best interest of the clients and you've got a good uh, product and, sale. and Asics now got more powers for the design and distribution obligation arrangements so they can yeah. more carefully and proactively sort of look at areas where they might think there's uh, risks to consumers or egregious behaviour. They can act more quickly with those enhanced powers. So I think it's better to let the marketplace sort of sort that out through the lens of what's best for the customers. Some people would much prefer to go and deal with their bank, their insurance company, their superannuation fund or their accountant and say, look, these are my financial issues I have to deal with. Can you help me look after most or all of them? No, I don't want to go and see six different companies and four different advisors. Just, you know, can you be, <laughs> the, can you be the, the ringmaster? And yes, I, I, you might need to get reports and information, but I prefer to have primary conversation with you and deal with you and products that you are comfortable with because I trust you, mm. I like you. I think what you're offering me is good value for money. And that's far more valuable to me than shopping around 20 different places where I don't know if the pieces fit together. I don't know if I can ever trust 20 people to help me. And yeah, and, and that really should be driven by the customer, not by um, policymakers saying this structure is allowed and this one's not allowed.
0: Cool. No, that, that's super fair. Yeah. Um, in fact, we may end up seeing uh, the return of the um, of the agent, so to speak. Obviously, like there's a there is a strategy. You know, IWF is now arguably the biggest financial services company in Australia. Um, you know, and they they've got a view. And whether or not um, I'm not I'm not even sure if they've publicly come out and said yet that this is exactly our strategy and this is why we're going after it. But they they're obviously going after something um that would imply that potentially that the uh, that we're going to come back around to a, an agency type of of advice so that the that the AMP agent or in this case the IOOF uh can do exactly what you've just said offer some you know you're you're here we we do this you know the uh, the funds under management that they've got now is just insane the efficiencies and the cost savings and all that sort of stuff is going to be uh, you know out of this world and so i think there's going to be a an argument to say that well you know what we tried to achieve post fofa which was you know looking all over the world for the best thing you know but do you end up with more of a cacophony of situations because it's a little bit spread across everywhere and i don't just have one one ability to handle everything in one place except via the advisor um yeah look i mean it is interesting when you I, because a lot of the times, uh, everyone agrees with what needs to happen. It's just we don't necessarily all agree with how, how to get there in the, in the in-between parts. So, um, so yeah, it's always interesting to, to see um, to, or at least to hear people's uh, opinions. Um, before you came on as, you know, heading up the SMSFA, what's your background? Like, how long have you been in financial advice and, and specifically in, in dealing with SMSFs? And, and what, I guess, attracted you to this role? Uh, yeah, very happy to talk about that. But just
1: one last point about the advice side. Um, I think there's say a bigger problem with uh, than poor advice is lack of advice. So I think there's far more Australians that are missing out on valuable results, valuable outcomes, because they don't get any advice because they, they're afraid to, to get any advice compared to those that actually suffer from poor advice. And yeah. a classic area, I saw this was a presentation last year, I think it was... Um, And they were looking at stats for how long it takes someone eligible for the age pension to actually get the age pension and something like over 12 months. The people are turning 66, 65, 66, 67. And on average, because of the process of knowing how to go through it and getting involved, they're missing out on six, 12, 18 months of age pension, because it takes that long to work through with sending other things and So that's crying out for better advice, better system, a whole range of things. But I think, well, you know, if it's 12 months, that's $24,000 for a single 36,000 for a couple Uh, that can pay for a lot of good advice. uh, And the fact that people are missing out on advice altogether, that's a symptom for that.
0: Yes. No, very good point. I I fully agree to that. The small episodes of bad advice keep way too many people away from getting advice at all. That, that Mm -hmm. goes without saying definitely. Yeah. So, how did you how did you end up leading the the SMSFA, and what's what's the what's the background here? Uh, well, I've
1: been in finance one way or another all of my career. So, I actually uh, started uh, my financial career at university on an A and P scholarship, training to become an actuary back That's in awesome. the seventies. So that is awesome. I go back for over forty years, and um, since then I've worked in a, a range of places. Superannuation for most of them, but mixture of superannuation, insurance, regulation, pensions. So I started a p very much doing uh, corporate superannuation and things related to corporate super, but also uh, I was on the board of a Super Limited. So I was uh, right. oversighting uh, when Master Trust was first being set up back in the 90s, yeah. so that was an interesting experience. Uh, I did get uh, a stint down in Canberra as government actuary, so I had Paul Keating as my uh, minister while I was... Uh, churning out Actuarial Reports and helping set up the Insurance and Superannuation Commission as part of the uh, leadership team there and uh, getting involved in all the things that happened, well, uh, not all of them, but many of the things that happened under Paul Keating as Treasurer. Wow. So that was an interesting stint that probably led me into uh, my involvement with associations. So I've run a number of associations. Um, the first one when I left AMP was what was then called Lisa, but it's now called the Financial Services Council, where Sally Loan is. So I ran that um, as they were merging to set up, uh, what was that there? A merger with uh, the life insurers, the retail funds managers, the wholesale fund fund managers. And then I had a a stint working as a consulting actuary with uh, uh, initially Trowbridge Consulting, then Deloitte. So I had a a stint there as a partner of Deloitte, which was interesting seeing what the
0: big, big four are up to. What was that like actually?
1: Uh, it was fascinating just in, in terms of because Trobish Consulting merged into Deloitte. So he went from a fairly small specialist actuarial firm into a large global body. And so I got some interesting global work, stint over wow. helping uh, the uh, authorities in Thailand uh, strengthen the insurance regulatory framework for Thailand, Whoa. for the Thailand Department of Insurance. Yeah, wow. Uh, I worked on the uh, M&A from NAB Buying MLC. Whoa! I worked on um, Commonwealth Bank in New Zealand buying sovereign life, so wow. you know some work outside Australia. Uh, some work with some very brilliant sort of people in in both the actuarial side and the the broader side. Uh, it was when they brought in uh, review of life office taxation, goods and services tax. So that whole process of helping the financial sector to deal with changing tax environments impact on. Product design, pricing, valuations, competitiveness, all those sort of things. That was a bit of fun. Whoa, that's that's a pretty crazy experience, mate. Yeah, and then I went up and set set up with a couple of other uh, actuarial colleagues, our our own consulting firm. So I've been a small business person. We built that from uh, three of us full-time and uh, a handful of part-timers up to now. It's uh, still running successfully 20 uh, 20 years down the track. And um, Nice office in, uh, in Sydney and um, some very senior actuaries that work there part-time or full-time plus uh, a broader set of, of skills. So that was uh, a very interesting period of uh, running uh, an actuarial slash regulatory consultancy for five years. And then I uh, uh, got the opportunity to, to go and run the Actuaries Institute as head of the association. So I sort of ran that for a few years and then I got invited uh, over to Switzerland to go and run Parwar be part of the International Association of Insurance Supervisors that sets the global regulatory framework for the insurance sector. And my role was to build a, a, um, a global financial stability framework after the global financial crisis to hopefully reduce the impact next time around, working closely with the bank regulators that are all part of the same network over there in Switzerland. So that was uh, eight years in Switzerland doing some very interesting global regulatory things. And my contract was running out there and uh, I knew a couple of the board members here and they uh, said, would you like to come and uh, uh, take over running this uh, little national association and um, live in Adelaide? And I said, oh, I've never lived in Adelaide before, but it looks nice. i would lived in Perth, I've lived in Canberra, Sydney's hometown, but no, Adelaide's a beautiful city. So I'm enjoying my stint at running a national association out of Adelaide. I think there's two national associations based in Adelaide and I've got one of them. So I'm not quite happy here. <laughs> What's the other one? I can't actually, I can't. That. I'll find out. I an answer, I'll, I will find
0: out. It's like the wine growers association or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, I've got to say that is probably the most full experience background. I think I've ever heard doing this podcast. You, you, you had something to, if, I mean, if you're uh, working in, in superannuation under Keating, like you would have seen the birth of superannuation, almost or, 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 or very closely. That's crazy. I mean, the people you would have been work, working with essentially would have been setting up what it is that we call superannuation today. That that's amazing. And then um, you mentioned something about working with GST as well. The sure. introduction of GST. Goodness gracious! So, um, it's, well, it depends how you look at it. There's some people listening going. You know, oh, okay, so I, I've got you to thank for losing 20% of my weekly paycheck, do I? Uh, with, with super uh, GST, but um, obviously, there, there's some amazing, amazing, uh, I mean, fundamental parts of the Australian economic system. That's, that's amazing. And so now that you've done, you know, this, this eight-year stint in, in, uh, in Switzerland, how does Adelaide feel? Or, or I guess the, more, the better question is, is what you're trying to achieve now with the SMSFA a little bit uh easier than your prior roles or do you still find that it is as challenging and where are you focused on like what what what's the future of the sms smsfa where are you taking it yeah no, very
1: very good question and um quick answer is the there's just as many challenges here as uh, i've had in other roles they're different challenges so uh you know, you're dealing here with closer to people themselves their livelihood their immediate advisors uh, but there's over a million of them. And yeah. in, in general, they're people that have worked in small business that have perhaps been uh, professional employees uh, in life. So it, it is the above average income earner that we'd have a higher proportion of, of those. But there's, there's there's lots of small business people that are running everyday suburban shops. So it's, uh, it does get typecast a little bit as the ultra wealthy. But if you look at the stats, the the... Average retirement income that people are drawing out of self managed super funds is, is you know, probably in the sixty or $70,000 a year. So it's around average wages, and that's, that's much higher than the average Australian gets in retirement. But um, um, from my point of view, every Australian uh, needs help in getting a dignified retirement. At the moment, I'm working in the one part of the system I hadn't worked in before. So that's, that's sort of exciting for me, completes the tour of, of duty. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very interesting sector. It grew a lot while I was out of the country, so I was very interested to see just that rate of growth and what was behind that. And very, The research shows very strongly driven by people's desire to control their own destiny, yeah. uh, some concerns about what happens with dealing with large financial institutions of whatever nature they have in terms of not looking after their clients as well as they could. So people say, look, I'd prefer to be more involved, more in control people wanting different investment approaches, particularly small business people. At the, the moment, we're expecting there will be interest in looking at those people that have not yet put their business real property within a self-managed super fund. They can do that, and that frees up capital to keep help their business survive or help their business grow. So it really is a great vehicle for small business people. It's had a fair bit of attraction on the property side. Uh, there are some issues there. That need careful monitoring. We think they'll be well monitored by the authorities. So we're we'll quite comfortable that the 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 rules are okay. They will benefit from having greater reliance on specialist educated advisors. Because I think there is a, a risk with property spruikers going out there and saying, Oh, here's this great property buy off the plan in another yes. state. And we can buy that through a self-meaning so superman that seems to sort of have dissipated that was a bit of a concern probably three four years ago uh, yes so the activity is much lower and i think um uh, the regulators are getting better at sort of noticing that and cracking down on where that shouldn't be happening awesome uh but yeah i think it's a fascinating sector the job's great in terms of variety um you know this morning i'll be talking to ministers officers sending submissions to senate tomorrow uh we've got wow. a, a group of uh uh, many of the businesses that operate in the sector are as a bit of an advisory board, have a session with those on some of the research we're doing, some of the plans on how to uh, uh, feature on case studies of why people find self-managed super funds are appropriate and suitable for them. Uh, it's running a team, so I've got uh, 20 staff, most of them are here in Adelaide, but uh, a third of them in Sydney. So usually I'll be hopping on a plane every couple of weeks to go and keep an eye on the Sydney team and talk to our Sydney uh, stakeholders, members, and others. Uh, we deal a bit with the, the state uh, government. Um, wow. um, yeah, it's, it's also running a small business, and I've got a good team here that supports that. So it's uh, uh, a lot of interesting things where yeah, our two main customer base are, are the professional members on the one hand, there's around 3,000 of those, and then also trying to reach out to as many of the million trustees, help them get better educated. We've got a trustee facing website. Uh, we run expos for trustees. We'll have our first virtual one of those in November. We'll run our second SMSF week to promote awareness, understanding, education, and um, yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting role. It's an interesting association, and yeah, you know, I think there's probably another million people that will seriously think about some joining a self-managed super fund over the next decade or so. And I hope that uh, myself and the team and all our members can help that next million people like we've been helping the first million.
0: That's awesome. Such a great way to look at it. So basically, uh, yeah, continue doing what what you're doing, um, but look to expand and, you know, look to double in size essentially, which is, you know, fantastic. Do you you see anything on the uh, delivery of SMSFs? which are making it easier and are reducing the cost for, for the end client? Or is, is that something that uh, your office is involved in at all, looking at that sort of, uh, I guess you'd say, you know, technological development?
1: Yeah, we do. And um, we sort of monitor the, the trends and we, we try to help facilitate the process of improved efficiency because that is, again, putting on your best interest hat for the, for the yes. customer. Yes, uh, technology is going to be has been one of the main drivers of better service and lower costs in most parts of the of the world, and uh, that has been a driver in our sector. So, if you look around, the um, most self managed super funds are now administered on one of the large platforms. So, there several large platforms around, and they have um, good data feeds from banks and investment managers, stockbrokers, etc. Uh, and so you have a much uh, more efficient system of, of, having electronic contributions of money, electronic monitoring. You know, I can look up at my self-managed super fund on the app today. I can get daily updates and balances. can see every transaction.
0: That's amazing. Uh, I can
1: look back historically there that didn't exist five years ago, yeah. probably even three years ago. Yep. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, you've still got people that will bring in their account and their shoebox with their printed bank statements. and. If you're in your 80s and 90s, maybe you don't want to sort of <laughs> learn how to drive apps and things. You're quite happy if you trust your accountant. and it's a once-a-year activity and that, that's well and fine. We, we don't say, you know, people need to change that, but it is changing. Yes. And there's those that are in between on their Excel spreadsheets. But uh, over time, we think there will be a, a, a steady migration onto modern platforms. And once people are on those platforms, it just opens up opportunities in terms of the ecosystems that connect to those platforms of getting legal documentation, of getting efficient levels of advice because the advisor can just plug into the real-time
0: information.
1: Yeah. And, you know, some of them are connected to uh, various explain and other financial planning software so you can actually have almost straight-through processing of information's on there, link it up with the advisory side of things, uh, very efficient from the accounting and the auditing point of view. And we are doing some significant research on how cost levels have changed over the last seven years or so. And we'll probably publish that around November and that'll show some really interesting trends and we expect it'll show that the uh, relative cost attractiveness from self-managed super funds is better now than it was seven years ago compared to uh, uh, larger funds. So we're thinking that's a really positive message to be putting out into the marketplace.
0: Yeah. I'd be very keen uh, to hear. Hilariously um, myself and a few buddies um, a few years ago, maybe four or five, maybe six years ago, as a while ago now, we, we decided to just chuck in all a little bit of our super and uh, just launch an SMSF and, you know, do, do a little bit of playing around with the investment piece. But we, yeah, we, we, again, you think I'd be all over the tech and I'm not, we, we do the, the shoebox once shoebox a year thing and I'm just sitting here going, oh God, really need to, uh, really need to catch up to the, the, the modern tech era um, with, with the SMSF. Um, but so John, um, mate, first, thank you so much for coming on and, and really sharing some super interesting stories in there. My goodness, um, you've had a great career and it's great to see, you know, like you, you're heading up the SMSFA now and 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 you've got a pretty clear plan on, um, you know, what it is that you guys want to achieve in, in certainly in terms of doubling the size. I think it's really good to hear some positive comments like that about, reducing the amount that it costs and and sort of putting out positive messages that it's that it it can be attainable for twice the amount of people that currently have it and i think that in that field in within smsf advice there's such a huge amount of value that advice can deliver like advice just yep. happens to be so well placed with smsfs that you know just because your ability to use the 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 breadth of the cis act is just you know, it's, it, it extends. There's no limitation, right? And that's a
1: core thing. We do delivering education to help people get the specialist designation. So they can really be seen as the top specialists in the, in the country. And they can be more confidently advising their clients because they've not just got the technical skills themselves, but they're part of a a peer group. They can tic tac with other in person on XY advisor platform on other interaction sources. We run local communities. So, the whole education side, we, we were really set up as a, uh, a group to educate and lift those education standards, lift the integrity standards, and that just remains core to why we're here is trying to uh, attract more people that will build up their educational skills so we've got the, the best trained and kept up-to-date specialists there and we've got a pipeline of people coming to fill that and they're well-networked so that they can share those uh, learnings with uh, their fellow professionals and out to the, uh, the real clients uh, who are the ones that uh, need to get the benefit of that, of that advice.
0: Awesome. Well um, let's stay in touch because um, yeah, with, with the SMSFA having their group on the XY platform, we'd be keen to get as much of that education out as possible. So uh, let's, yeah let's let's have a chat on how we can make that happen excellent
1: i look forward to that
0: all right very good okay well thank you very much for coming on really appreciate a super interesting story there and uh yeah it was awesome okay thanks all the best cheers mate thank you cheers bye